Lord will whip him into shape. And <laughs> call to order the regular meeting of the Peace River Town Council for Monday, January the 8th, 2018, to order. Let the record show that the meeting started two minutes after five. And the uh, delay, we're supposed to see why there's a delay. According to the council procedure. Procrastination. Such a big word. We can think of a lot of incompetence. Timekeeping? I hear the door. There's somebody going to come. Possibly get distracted. Yeah. Uh, adoption of uh, so go, so I made the call to order adoption of agenda. Any additions? Um, I'll uh, let staff answer that one first. Is there are none, Your Worship. Is there any from uh, anything that needs to be worked on from the councilor's point of view? What about uh, library board changes? Do we need to discuss that and formalize that? Your Worship, I, that does need to come in a formal request, but I hadn't submitted it thinking that there, because of our code of conduct and some of our procedural changes, uh, I thought it had to be submitted significantly in advance so it could make it on the agenda, which was going to be my question about... So your answer is no. Uh, can we actually... Yeah. <laughs> All right, when you put it back on, can we actually do additions to the agenda? Yeah. I am not a You can do them, but your colleagues may vote them down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh -huh. Is it, is it, it a super majority or unanimous? Unanimous. Yeah. Um, when we pass, it need, might change. But as it stands, yeah. it's unanimous. The answer is no, I'm not prepared yet. Deletions? Administration? No, you were Have you ever made a deletion of administration? Oh, yes. oh yeah. Yeah, last week I made a deletion. I think. Is I was there, thinking of making a deletion last week. Is there any item that the counselors would like to delete? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> oh, well. I don't have any questions. So, not hearing any requests for deletions, I will uh, entertain a motion to the adopt the agenda as presented. Johanna Downing, all in favor? Pass. You didn't raise your hand. I did, didn't I? Nope. Because it has to be unanimous, though. So. <laughs> okay. Adoption of minutes, minutes of December the 11th, 2017, regular council meeting. Uh, they, councilors have had a chance to review Look at key communication items, Ms. McQuaig, and uh, just wondering if there should be more. I realize that the minutes are meant to be just motions and whether they pass or not, but key communication items, if that's what we want to use to fill in the information board up there, maybe we could expand on that. But that's just a thought. I, I won't take the matter. I can consult with Municipal Affairs if you wish, Your Worship. It does say without note or comment in the MGA. 
is that uh, that doesn't necessarily apply to communication. In the directive that came out in December, they indicated that we've actually had to make some changes to how we record information around presentations. Apparently, we were providing more detail than the MGA permits. So we've actually had to dial that back. You know my answer to regulators on that is in the regulation. If not, we'll take your guidance under consideration. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so any any changes, clarifications, additions, deletions required? Just one question, your worship. Under uh, staff present, it shows a time of 5.25 p.m. Is that time somebody came in or left? That would be the time arrived. I can make that amendment if you wish. Where is that? 5.25? It's right under staff present. Oh, for Mr. Harris. Yeah, it just doesn't indicate what the 525 is for. Just curious. Uh, are there any public hearings, Mr. Park? <coughs> there are, Your Worship? No, I don't think we did. All in, uh, anyone wishing to make that motion, I'm assuming there's an answer. I'll, I'll make the motion to adopt the minutes. Since you brought the item up. All in favor of Deputy Mayor's motion? Yeah. Um, so no public, public hearings, uh, it appears that there's no presentations. That is correct, Your Worship. No bylaws to make in the bylaws. And no, or should I say, no sausages to make in the bylaws. Uh, no unfinished business, takes us to new business. And 99th Street slide is the first item of the I'm assuming Mr. McQuaid is going to. Evening, Your Worship and Council. Uh, this briefing goes just to give you a quick update of where we're at on the 99th Street slide. Uh, this is uh, just kind of recap uh, some information that uh, provided to you last week, but uh, just to formally present this information to uh, Mayor and Council that uh, we have received funding from uh, both the federal and provincial governments uh, for this project to the tune of uh, $1,918,862 uh, each from provincial fund and from the federal fund. Uh, that means that we can now proceed with uh, the project and we have written letters of award to uh, the two contractors providing uh, services for this project. One is uh, to Mass Tech Canada Construction for the Powell Wall Construction and that one there, uh, we have uh, looked at that one and uh, we are accepting uh, one of their alternative designs for uh, the tendered amount of $3,614,348. And the other one uh, was for the underground civil works tender and that work went to the no bidder for that project. <coughs> which would be McMillan Construction in the amount of $1,062,260 before GST. 
So the next steps, uh, we are starting uh, a startup meeting this Thursday for both projects, and we will be looking to be starting construction early in February on this project. I've also included uh, a kind of summary of the project budget as it stands right now. Uh, the project bus budget does show the reduced amount for accepting the uh, alternative pile wall. Um, so <coughs> I will update that once we have the finalized uh, version of the alternative pile walls on the finalized and staff and approved by their project engineer. Any questions? Just, uh, yeah, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Just, I guess it's my I'm looking at the drawings and uh, just, I'm trying to get a picture in my mind. So the, the the lower wall and the upper wall. If you were, if I was to ask you the linear length of those, would they would they be from north to south? Would they be a hundred meters in length, or would they be? Uh, you're probably looking at, I think it's almost 60 meters to the top wall, and you're probably looking to the 80 meters to the bottom wall. Okay, and uh, okay, and, and when the structure is done, if this were to be the ground level, how much of that wall would be above ground? Uh, so for the lower pile wall, uh, in both these, we're looking at now constructing both without pile caps on top. So uh, the finished structure will probably be uh, pretty much accurate on the lower bottom uh, pile wall at the top of the structure, but it will probably drop down four to five feet on the other side of that, that pile wall. So on the side where the uh, bike shop is, It'll probably drop down at that point, so four or five feet, and then we'll kind of grade that one back into the bike shop area. And, and how? I'm just again, I'm just looking through. And how wide is this thing? Is it uh, the upper pile wall? I think they're uh, four feet diameter caissons that they're being used for the piles up there. So we're not going to end up with another skateboard jump or anything no. like that. Okay. No, I uh, thanks for the briefing note. I, I understand what's there. Yeah. I have a supplemental to that. Uh, so, is Director Bell taking advantage to create a bouldering wall on this on this uh, pile wall? I offered to turn it into a water slide version. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. No, no. So are you? So can we do anything with like really I'm actually being serious, can we can we turn it into a bouldering wall or some kind of recreational? Uh I'm known at this point. I've not approached that many seriousness with the the design engineer. Because there's a Canada grant out there to uh, for our hundredth year. For create a wall a climbing wall. Yeah. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be suitable for a climbing wall. Mostly, be able to play put some sort of trail through there. A balancing, something you're leaving. That could be a, a, a parkour obstacle. Yes. Mm -hmm. A bouldering wall. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so the answer is no. Uh, 
Anybody else have any questions? Is there anything you, you're, this is just for information purposes. That's correct, Your Worship. So a motion to accept for information. All in favor of Mr. Ford's motion? Yes. Recreation Center construction update. Where did I skip one? <laughs> well, we don't have to hide on this one. This was that was the last one with the piling that was went on forever. Um, your worshiping council, this report is in regards to um, an ongoing update for the construction at the Peace Regional Recreation Center. Um, within the report, there's an overview of some of the major work that has been completed. Uh, the good news is piling is done. No more piling. That's all done. Um, and actually, all the footings and foundation work is completed and we're moving into the pre-engineered structure. So this is where it gets a little fun visually and the work starts you know, going upwards instead of being in the ground. So the anticipated next steps are the frame of the structure for the month of January and then we'll start seeing walls going up. So you'll literally see a skeleton of a structure close to the end of the month is what they anticipate. And then walls and roofs will come on uh, February, March after that. So. It gets fun from now on. Okay, so um, the piling work is done. Uh, I don't see an updated, I guess we never really ever had it, so we don't have an updated Gantt chart in terms of this. How, how much time did we lose? Two months. So in our last report in November, we are two months uh, behind. But, and so the drop, the, the date that you were targeting, which was what, May 30th? Uh, we're going to be looking at March 31st, 2019, as our end date. Construction. So we still, so there's, there's a consensus that we can still make March the 31st? Correct. Okay. Um, I think there was a this would probably, yeah, this, is, this would be best for an in-camera session, but in terms of, we haven't determined why, if anything, uh, if there's additional cost due to this pilot. And I, I think Jim could speak to that. There has been some. Yes, and I think we've addressed that in the report back in November, if I'm correct. I remember correctly. Uh, so we did incur some additional filing charges and also uh, we incurred some additional uh, site grading charges because the soils in there were not conducive as we originally thought they were. Uh, so there was a lot of soils removal in there to uh, get some uh, proper engineered soils back in there so we've got a, a good solid uh, soils up to lay our foundation on. Uh, I think the additional uh, piling work 
unfortunately. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to stretch this out any longer, Worship, than necessary, but uh, again, everybody knows that I do attend the meetings and uh, I happen to be the next door neighbor of the project site, so I'm, I'm likely closer to it than I, I likely should be in many respects. But uh, just, uh, are we disappointed that we lost some time? Well, yes, we are. Uh, the good news is I noticed over Christmas on December 27th, I was out for my pre-dinner walk around the arena. I see that uh, Marshall had a crew up working. Um, they were doing some hoarding on some of the, the, uh, the concrete. And of course they need to keep the concrete and maybe Jim can help me out here, but there was a question about the quality of the concrete. And this speaks to your matter about building a building that doesn't meet the spec. So they had a crew up, they've got heat around the footings, they keep it in a small area, and they do testing of concrete samples. That seems to me, I remember it was seven hours, seven days, and 21 days. Or correct. And the testing agency is working directly for the town. So I actually see the results before they go to the contractor. So that's the, I guess, just to pick up on your point, Your Worship, that, you know, the last time we built an arena, it was corners were cut to save money. Well, I would hope that well, we're not going to do that this time. And then just on the, the time factor as well, uh, I see there was a crew working over the weekend as well. Um, and uh, so they worked Saturday and Sunday, which is, uh, I would hope that uh, everybody is being mindful of that schedule. So. I think the date, as Ms. Bell said noted earlier, I think I had January 15th written down as where the, uh, the steel structure will start to rise up. So I, I'm not suggesting we're going to make up time, but uh, the fact that there's a crew working on the weekend tells me that uh, attention is being paid to that Gantt chart, and uh, we will uh, keep uh, try and keep uh, time on task and try and get this thing on time and on budget. So. Uh, maybe it's my rose-colored glasses, but I'd like to think that we're moving ahead. In the future, of course, we should probably should have a Gantt chart. We could. Um, it is, to actually read it, it needs to be about yay big. It, it's very detailed. We could provide you a copy with its current format now. I'm not sure it has value. Have you value. heard of PDFs yeah. and the Zoom feature? It, it's really hard to read in that format. It's tiny. We, I can have, provide you with a nice printed copy that's legible. Well, we should still have a PDF so that sure. people can. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we can add it. We've got it right now. Because I have confidence that they'll stay on schedule. But the public <laughs> may not, and they want you to be algebraic. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> okay. <you. laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, motion to accept this. Yeah. I would put a motion on the floor to accept the, uh, the briefing note uh, on the recreational uh, center as information. I got it. I don't know why you're worried about stretching that item on. We're on schedule. It's not on budget. No, I mean, I said. Put that in your motion. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I thought the target was to get out of here at 6 o'clock. You know. Okay, Canadian Mosaic Project. Um, your worship. This is more town of Peace River. Centennial. Yeah. 
the, the Mosaic project is actually just an element potentially of what is being proposed for uh, Peace River 100 or potentially branded Pier 100, but I'll let those in the branding role do that for us. It was a suggestion. Um, the administration is requesting council's feedback and input to a potential application to Canadian Heritage. They have a specific grant available for communities for celebrations such as our centennial, our 100th anniversary. Um, in addition, I, I did notice here just preparing for the meeting this evening, I missed an element of the component number two, which is the uh, focus of my report this evening around the community anniversary funds. There's 200,000 for non-reoccurring events and an additional 25,000 for um, art, mural, uh, sculpture type activities. So it's actually $225,000 that is available in that category. Then there also is a capital component um, but that one I'd like to deal with at a slightly later date. I will bring you back a multitude of different options to explore. So if you think about that um, separately from this evening's uh, focus on the actual event and activity portion of it. Um, the staff got together and had a little bit of brainstorming session. There were some very creative ideas, uh, suggestions like large piggy banks, but some of them didn't make the cut. Sorry, mm -hmm. Director Town. I thought we are still deciding. Yeah. <laughs> I decided. Um, what we are proposing is sort of a four-pillar or four-segment type approach. Some of these can be applicable to the grant. Some of them may not fit into the grant, such as the Community Legacy Grants, but we can definitely work on how we would fund those legacy grants next year. Um, in 2019, or they can be a part of potentially a focus on the council grant program, um, yet to be determined, but these are the <coughs> ideas that your administration is um, providing to you. Uh, the first one is the public art component. We, as with the downtown revitalization project, we're focusing a lot of energies around the downtown revitalization um, on murals, that type of thing. We thought for our 100th anniversary, it only makes sense that we do something focused on the history of the community through art, whatever that might look like, whether it's a mural, uh, a sculpture, a something, or some things, potentially. Um, one idea, and this is precipitated from the fact that Mr. <coughs> 12 Foot Davis statue needs to find a new home. He, we had him refurbished last year um, and the craftsman that worked on him uh, uh, recommended to us to actually not put him back in the park because uh, Mr. Twelfoot is, he was further along in the decomposition process than we had anticipated. Um, from our angle below, he looked okay, just needed some new shellacking. That wasn't the case. He's actually not doing very well. And he needs to be moved inside to preserve him for the long run. So we have a couple of location ideas because you need a large space um, to put him in, uh, either the entrance lobby area of the multiplex and the other idea is actually the airport. There's actually quite an, a lot of head room as we would need for him in uh, the space. He could actually look quite nice there as a welcoming element when you come into the airport lobby area or main uh, terminal. 
So no final decisions on that. I'm not sure who will make that final call with rock, paper, scissor it in its own process. Um, however, here's an opportunity for us to replace it <coughs> at a perfect timing with our centennial. Maybe we move uh, the statue and bring in place something new at Riverfront Park. Um, some of our ideas are really broad in general, but we're not sure we need to put a theme around that part of it yet. It, we'd like to do something there. Um, the other idea is to look at the Canadian Mosaic Project, which is attached to the document. It's a really neat idea. It has a real community involvement component. We've actually done this idea in the community in the past with the Alberta Winter Games. Um, Seven, seven, 2007? Seven, seven, four. The Alberta Winter Games, whatever we hosted. <laughs> um, students, individuals, I believe it was students, painted tiles. Um, there was a set uh, in the arena, there was a set at the pool, um, and other facilities around the community. This would be a little broader concept than that. You actually have an artist that then takes the tiles <coughs> and puts them into an overall mosaic of your community, something that represents your community and the artist works with your leads in your community to come up with what that end result could look like. And you can see some of the examples in that package are representative of the focus of their community, whatever community picture you're looking at. So it's a really neat idea. There is a cost. There's a, a two level cost depending on the actual size of the mosaic you choose. I think it's 15,000 for a larger one and maybe 12, twelve five for a smaller one. Maybe it's twenty five and twelve five. No, it's twelve five and fifteen. Twelve five and fifteen. Oh, that's not much of a difference. So you yes. need you need artists to submit the tiles, but no, it's community members paint them. So you can have kids and seniors and <coughs> yeah, they're supposed to be a painting that is has the dominant color of that part of the mosaic. And then you Correct. you add paintings together. So uh, there's an ex so when they did the 120 or the 100 for Alberta, the one yeah, 100 for Alberta, they were they were canvassing the whole bloody province yeah. for their mosaic. I mean, we we are actually only 6,842 people in this one. This is true. And we don't call paintings. Um, from what I read with this one, though, it was more focused on your actual community. And it would pull from your artist group in your community, but also, um, so they say any skill level is welcome, all ages. You do not have to be an artist, is how they, they promote it. Because the artist, where is his name? He sort of comes with it and Lewis helps LaVoy. to do the design work for you. Okay, Louis Lavoy. I still expect quality. No. I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> you can have some pretty interesting end results. You've seen some of my stick figures. Um, anyways, it's so we're already an down idea. to 641. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, so it is, an, again, it's one of the ideas. Um, the next pillar is the community legacy grants, and this was Director's Town idea, and I, it, it's a very good one. Um, it's asking your community if they would like to have 
small activities, small events, um, whatever they would like to do in celebration of Canada, or now I have Canada's 150 in my head, um, Peace River Centennial, that we would provide small grants to them. The number is yet to be determined. That could be a budget discussion uh, next year. Um, next would be sort of our general town activities that we would naturally just be doing. So we will be doing some centennial branding. I believe uh, communications coordinator Autumn Hume will bring forward to council some information around development of a logo at a future meeting. Um, typically what we've then also done is taken that branding, we put it on our emails, it's, it, it's everywhere. Um, letterheads, that kind of thing. There's some basic things we would automatically do um, around the centennial. The museum also, as part of their normal work plan, will be focusing a lot of their energies on 2019 on the centennial. And there's a number of other um, important, <coughs> significant events, activities that will happen for them of other types, the bridge, 50s. There's lots of other activities that they'll incorporate into their exhibits and their tours and some of their focus um, for 2019. Um, the, the Heritage Places Committee is working on a map of Peace River of what would have been in X location in 1940, in 1920. So they're working on uh, a historical mapping of the community, which would be great to have launched in either in advance of our centennial or during that same time frame. Um, and then obviously one of the biggies is doing some sort of a community celebration. We haven't worked on any specific details, whether it's one event or multiple events. Do we want to do something specifically for December 1st, which was the date of the signing of the incorporation of the town of Peace River? Um, or we could have other events as we're suggesting um, opening of the Peace Regional Recreation Center, that's a natural fit. Our opening will be in 2019, so you'd have a centennial spin to it. We're suggesting a concert in the park series. We've done this in the past and they've been extremely popular. Free, open, local artists, um, local talent. You provide them a stage and sound equipment. Somebody MCs the event and we have a great evening. Um, or series of evenings, maybe once a month, twice a month, however we want to do that. Um, and yeah, so there are some basic ideas of how we see a centennial potentially rolling out, um, and we're looking for further feedback. We do need to apply to the Centennial Anniversary Fund for the $225,000 by the end of this month. So it's coming up very quickly. So any feedback would be appreciated. Or anything you want to completely not do would be great to know. Great, so your focus for the month of January is uh, the community anniversary fund. Correct. So have you struck a committee? Yes. No, we have not. And who's going to be the council rep on that committee? I had not specifically looked at striking a committee, but if that's one of the things you'd like to do, we can we can add that in. Well, I think Deputy Mayor Mazur was kind of keen on it. Be quite involved. <laughs> Were you not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, sure. well, we could 
we could but do I think it's do the whole idea. committee year yeah. on Monday nights, and I don't think that's appropriate. Yeah. Well, I, I would also say that if we can get some different community people really interested in this, we have the bridge person already for that part of things. So yeah, it's a good idea. We need to put things together by January 31st. Yes. Down to the post office with a postmark on it. Yeah. So I won't have a committee in place by then. However, we've had a, a tiny bit, and I do mean tiny bit, of feedback from the open house, which I've included here for your information. And we intend to do a bit of a um, quick online do you have any ideas to start the ball rolling, at least for the grant application. One question I may not be we may not be we may not be there yet, but um, the the legacy fund is there a, a time or a date for that one too? Um, I, that one was after the five hundred thousand. Yes. Um, prior to the anniversary date that we were wanting to commemorate, so it's this lovely broad open time frame on it. So, for example, if we're saying um december 1st 2019 is our commemoration date for our uh, centennial we definitely <laughs> need to apply prior to that i would suggest we should apply within the next six months to get us ready for okay yeah and one other question if i may mm -hmm. on the um attendees um feedback a life-size pewster 100 how tall is one of those when it's lit? I don't know. I'm not sure whose life we're comparing it, it to. It was just, I just couldn't an remember average individual. what the life size <laughs> number is. I'm, I'm assuming you want to put your face in the 100 part or have it large enough to be behind you. I, I, That's yeah. what I'm guessing. Yeah, I have an image of those zeros being a frame almost. And we did actually have a frame idea, um, large frames, almost a picture window frame idea from our um, mural project this past summer. And literally the artist proposed a, just an open frame that you would mount in a picturesque view within your community and people use it as a, a photo op. And also the idea is you're looking at the picture in front of you the view through the frame of whatever we're staring at, the, the valley, the Pew River. It was a great idea. We all loved it um, and thought it would fit nicely into the centennial theme. So this life-size idea is a, is a gooder. I think we could tie it together. Yeah, certainly 100 on the frame. Yeah. Or the frame could be the 100. Yeah. Your Worship, if you're looking for comments, I guess, from my perspective on the uh, the, the legacy topic, I, I, I see the, the train station, I see uh, Athabasca Hall comes to mind. Uh, I'd like to see some heritage signing around town, uh, potentially. Uh, and I guess the other idea that I like is here is the arena and linking a celebration back to that, or I'm sorry, the multiplex. So that, uh, that strikes with me. So uh, whatever that event is, I think connecting it to the opening of the multiplex and some public event in celebration uh, of, of Auburn Corporation makes uh, makes sense. <coughs> so, 
you were talk talking about the legacy fund, what you just said. Is that important? Yes, I'm looking, so I'm not sure exactly what is available, but I guess if, if okay, are you talking the legacy fund, half a million, or are you talking community anniversary fund, 220,000? I guess I was talking community legacy grants is what I was looking at. I, I thought the direction is being half a Nazca home. Well, it also says for under the legacy recreation and sports facilities you're not eligible for this section of the grant is that correct no. yeah yeah so it's wanna, cultural and you don't want to get half half a million dollars and then spread it out over a whole bunch of projects and get nothing for it we have a real opportunity with that legacy fund and again i can bring back some very specific tangible options for council to look at and Athabasca Hall I think I've mentioned is sort of the the one that floats to the top right away um, but just so that make sure we look at all of the options and you have that information to make that final decision I'll bring that back at a future meeting right so when you talk about communities community legacy grants you're not looking to apply for half a million dollars and then no those were thinking $2,500 grants for uh, a small group like the Peace Region Dance Society wants to specifically put on a, a specific event to host for in celebration of the centennial. Okay, so this yeah. would be kind of like for the open air concerts. Then. Correct. Sort of your own local little mini grant specifically tailored for the centennial. So these would come out of the town's normal budget. I'm going to see if I can get some federal dollars for it, but I'm not sure we actually can. So that that's one of those ideas that might go away if, if there's no funding for it. But it's something we'll we'll look to see if we can get some funds for. Maybe the MBA piece will give us a hundred thousand for. Uh, I'm sure that's not going to hold out for now. So Tanya, tonight's presentation is actually a request for us to select something, or is it just a request for feedback. you to go, yeah. go um, so the feedback is, yay, yeah. yay, go ahead and submit okay. that application from me. Okay. I'm loving all these ideas, Great. actually, yeah. And, and you're right, for me, Athabasca Hall is, is floating to the top with regards to the right. legacy fund, but right. I think, you know, the public art, the community legacy grants, I love those. Um, you know some of our branding so I feel like your group has really got some good traction and I'm happy to help when it's time okay great thank you so so what what are you actually looking for here a motion to uh, submit a yes an application yep. for the uh, com community anniversary or uh, community anniversary funds yep. through that's the federal building communities through arts and heritage program. Is yes, that right? nice and succinct. Yes, that is correct. And if there's any there's sarcasm is duly noted, <laughs> and you may be Do not pass it on to the federal government. <laughs> Their titles are never short. Um, if, if there's anything, because if I'm applying for a grant that I. You're, you think I'm completely off base of and you'd prefer that we focus our energies in a different way 
this is the time to uh, give me some direction around that or some further you, you don't think applying for the anniversary funds will impact our legacy fund? My understanding is it won't. Um, they're sort of um, a parallel system, so they anticipate you're going to apply for both. If you're applying for a major, major anniversary, you're also going to be applying for a legacy fund. So that motion uh, was Johanna Downing's, correct? I have uh, Councillor Downing move that Council direct administration to submit an application for the $225,000 Community Anniversary Funds Grant. By January 31st, 2018. All in favor? Thank you. And if you have any moments of brilliance? I think um, PR, <coughs> Peace River, and Centennial cent percent is rolled off the tongue. Oh, it's a very clever joke. Right. Some in the room might appreciate it more than I, I, I think there's a pinky, piggy bank with that would visually. I think it would look good stamped on the rear of a piggy bank, yeah. The piggy bank's coming. <laughs> Thank I have to you. I'm going to build it with my own two pants. Where are you going? Oh. Oh, it, it, in a comfy chair, yes, sir. I also noticed there is a piggy bank in the first uh, page of the budget, but it's not pink. If we can make any change proposals, can I suggest that? Good evening, your worship and council. Um, it's really good to see the passion around this table. I don't know who's more passionate if it's the deputy mayor applying for a committee or the mayor going that out on someone. I always like to see that dynamic. So. We'll remember that. <laughs> so good evening and before council tonight is the first draft iteration of the proposed 2018 operating capital budget. It's been a significant endeavor. Um, produced by staff and it's a follow-up to the budget book and process that we instituted last year. Um, what I have intended to do um, is I prepared a, a brief presentation to do a quick summary about the budget, talk about some of the uh, parameters, highlights, um, discuss the process a little bit. I was uh, hoping that um, some members of the press would be here. Um, but I'm sure the thousands of people who listen to the podcast will, will um, enjoy this. Um, but we will prepare a communication piece that will be sent out as a press release to talk about the budget. Um, there's been notices placed out for um, notification to the public, so you know they, there's one here in the media as the more information becomes known. 
people will show up and, and express more of an interest. So, um, the majority of you, I guess, um, went through something similar to this last year, so you're familiar with the process. And I am showing a, I am showing a presentation if you, excuse me, do want to bring it up on your screen. Um, and, and since there is no one here, I will be brief, but if there's a couple things I do uh, want to need to highlight. Um, and if I read directly from my slides, someone please, please throw a shoe at me because that's the most frustrating thing I think because I, I just like it when people do it to me, so I'll try not to do it to you. Um, but quick to talk about the budget and the budget framework. Unlike other um, levels of government that tend to prepare their budget almost strictly behind closed doors and then there's, there's very little chance to amend or change. Um, at the municipal level, um, we do it in a more public fashion. So we, it is an open and transparent process. Council did give staff um, their direction and priorities. Um, these will become a bit more fleshed out as the strategic plan is finalized and we will be able to align uh, the budget with those strategic uh, priorities. Um, but due to the nature of when we hold our elections and the budget is to be released, that's very difficult to do in the first year of the council's term. So um, we do try to in incorporate um, you know, what we believe to be council's priorities and, and like I said, those will be fleshed out over over, uh, over time, future years and whatnot. Um, so again, all meetings are open to the public advertised uh, variety of means. Uh, the draft budget um, will be available on our website, I believe it is there now. Yep. So on our website at peaceriver.ca slash budget or budgets, I can't remember which, um, but it's also it's also the main slider um, on our, our main page. So it's accessible. There'll be paper copies in the office. Um, copies will also be distributed to our partners and, and, and other organizations. So for example, I'll make sure the Chamber of Commerce gets a copy. There'll be copies going out to the media organizations, um, our municipal partners and whatnot, so they're um, aware of what we're doing. Um, so the budget is the, it's really the financial goals or resource, resources that council wants to set for the year. So there's the strategic one, but um, when council prepares and um, approves a budget, it's really, you know, they're, what they're saying, the financial resources of the town are going to be and where, where those are, are identified for the next year. Um, so this budget, like I said, um, we do deliberate, so there's items that are brought forward. New items can be brought forward at any time. Uh, council will deliberate on those and we'll, we'll have a discussion around how, how that's going to look. Um, but again, from a the um, policy point of view, it's not just straight numbers. Um, when you get the book, and I don't have a copy here, um, but I do hope that you take the time to read it, to understand it. You'll notice as you go through, it's probably about 80% text, 20% numbers. 
Um, so it really talks about what we do as an organization, what our different departments do, and talks about our priorities um, for the upcoming year, um, rather than just trying to express that in a numerical basis. Um, so as you're all aware, we did receive the GFOA award last year for distinguished budget presentation. Um, so that's reflected in this budget document and our intention is to carry that on and continue to, to apply for that. Uh, the award is only valid for a year, um, but it's our belief that our current budget uh, in the form, and it is a fluid document, so it will change as we go through, um, but we will be submitted it and we will believe it will be eligible for, for future awards, so we'll, we will keep that up. Um, in terms of presentation, there's just a couple um, kind of things to, to know right away. Um, there's still some comparison items that we're, we're trying to work out. So if you remember last year, um, I think I had the quote in there saying apples to apples comparisons are very difficult because of the way that we budgeted. We changed our chart of accounts last year. Um, so getting that real one-to-one -one comparison was, was almost impossible last year. Um, that's been improved this year, but there's still some places where um, we're working through um, some items. So there might be a place where you look at this and say, what, what's, what's going on? This is weird or something like that. And the thing I'll say to that is if you have any questions, um, both council and or, and or the public, please get in touch. You know, I love talking about this um, and it's out there to, to, to start a discussion and be able to, to carry that on. Um, in terms of the way that we budget or present the budget, um, we show gross amounts, so we don't net out expenses. So if there's a revenue that comes in and that offsets an expense, we show the full amount for both. That's the proper way to budget. It, it tends to, you need to understand where the revenue and the expense might match to fully appreciate, and it's tough to do sometimes, um, but we don't, we don't net stuff out. Um, there's allocations that go on internally so for example from a staff uh, budgeting perspective uh, there are certain staff members who may be allocated to different departments i'll take myself for for example um, i'm allocated to the corporate services department but then a certain percentage of my time is allocated to fire uh, protective services a percentage for airport um, and, and whatnot um, so because of those that we're trying to get a true cost of what what the services cost the town. Um, but there's also some changes in allocation. So, <clears throat> for example, you might see um, an area where the salaries may have gone up uh, higher than expected. Salaries are budgeted about 2% this year. You might see an area where it goes up 5%. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that the employees receive that amount, it's just maybe the allocation changed. That department's now being charged more of an employee or employees and there's reductions in other places. Um, so again, if you have any questions about that, please, please don't uh, put the safety in touch. Now, uh, Rachel Notman came up with a very good term today. And could you go back to staff and talk about some passionate budgeting? I do you know down here. <laughs> Does that mean we are going to remove paid breaks? I think that's how that works, too, uh, from what I understand recently. Uh, I actually missed that. I've been so busy preparing this. So. She's a master. 
That's an interesting way of uh, phrasing that. Yes. <coughs> um, and, and we'll talk about the provincial governments and their challenges in, in a few minutes. Um, so again, I'm going to start to breeze through these a bit faster. So again, we, there's enhanced breakdowns. We show uh, more summary type information at the departmental or fund breakdown. So um, as you go through it in the middle, there's all the departmental information. Yeah. The chart of accounts is the last part of the book. It's Appendix 5. And there's about 11 or 12 pages that shows each individual account the town has. Um, and if you do take the time and add them up, you can find out where they match up. But um, we don't go into a great level of, of, of detail um, within those breakdowns. Uh, there's also enhanced discussions about reserve balances, capital funding, um, and we do present a five-year capital plan. Um, council approves the one year, and the balance of the items are for um, planning purposes that we could use towards um, applying for, for funding, um, you know, workload, that type of stuff. Uh, the final thing I'll mention is uh, revenues are negative in the book to be consistent. So if you see a negative revenue, that's good. If it's positive, that's actually an expense and that's going the other way. So in terms of the fiscal outlook, there's some uh, minor and major budget pressures in, in the 2018 budget. Um, in terms of positive, um, costs are actually, um, certain costs are, aren't going up that much this year. Um, generally, cost increases are kind of around that CPI level. Um, so when we budget for stuff like um, utilities, insurance, uh, I don't want to say fuel because there's the uh, carbon levy that's attached to that, so that's, that's out. But, you know, they, they tend to go up at, at or around CPI, so there, there isn't major spikes in your per unit type costing of, of items. Um, and borrowing is still inexpensive, so as we start to uh, utilize that a little bit more, um, the cost of doing so is, is not too onerous, and it could be advantageous under certain instances. Um, but there's also some pretty significant negative ones. Um, opportunities for non-tax revenues are, are pretty minimal in terms of what we're trying to achieve, so, you know, there's... We, get tax or revenues through taxes. We also get revenues through user fees and other type uh, ventures. Um, but there aren't many ways to enhance those revenues. There's a couple that will be brought forward. Um, but in terms of growth in those areas, for example, planning and permitting and whatnot, there's, there's just not a whole bunch of activity in the town right now. Um, the public expectations of of what we do is, is usually quite high and, and difficult to achieve. We do the best we can. Um, but again, more and more over time, the expectations of the public um, does increase. If you look at what the town did 20, 30, 40 years ago versus what it does now, that's, that's just the way society is, is moving. They're, they're expecting more. Um, some are willing to pay for it. Um, but you know that's, that's just a challenge because that's not everyone's philosophy. Um, there's also uncertainty around segments of, of town businesses. Um, I put the, the airport there as an example. There's, I think we're all familiar with the challenges out there. Um, you know, that hasn't affected the way we do business, but you know, there's, there's just that level of uncertainty. Um, and the municipal cooperation 
um, which we are striving to to uh, ensure is, is always difficult. In terms of provincial pressures, there's the province is still in a significant deficit position, and they will be for a while. So any new programs or enhanced funding from them is is um, very very unlikely. Um, the MDA changes may provide opportunities, again, under the intermunicipal collaborative frameworks. There could be opportunities there, but that's less than certain. Um, the carbon levy and changes to labor, labor standards. Um, minimum wage impacts us a little bit, but I actually believe that's a, a fruitful enterprise. Um, but again, provincial changes are, are impacting us negatively. Um, and again, global gas prices um, continues to impact their budget, um, and then ultimately ours too. At the federal level, they continue to abstain uh, generally from enhanced funding opportunities. So again, they're, you can apply for federal programs on, on an ad hoc basis. They've done programs in the past. There's no main infrastructure program going on right now, so the opportunities are are fairly limited there to draw on those types of resources. Um, locally, there's um, not much going on in the way of new assessments. So again, I will provide information that talks about changes to our assessments and tax revenues with the breakout between um, new assessments or growth compared to existing. Um, it's a very small sliver. I'll be honest, 2017 was a pretty quiet year on the development front. Um, but we will work to put conditions in place to, to improve um, opportunities for development, uh, either commercially, residentially, and we'll try to gauge what we could do as an organization to help improve those. Um, and then finally, you've, you've heard this a lot, and it'll play out during this budget discussion, our aging infrastructure um, and the deferred work that was done on that, plus other challenges are will put pressure on tax rates and especially water and wastewater rates. So in terms of budget objectives, there's um, some, some primary ones that we, we try to adhere to. Obviously we want to, we're concerned about the tax burden to property owners, that's, that's forefront. So when we budget, we don't budget uh, usually for, for any more than we need. We budget for typical type activities so we don't collect extra taxes, um, and we try not to um, you know, collect, collect more than we have, and we, we budget for that. Um, we are working to improve efficiencies in the organization. Um, so again, last year, or two years ago, I guess now, uh, we made changes to organizational structure, went from four directors to three, changed um, the way we did our business. That's, I think in some ways, it's, it's made us stronger because it made us a bit more focused. Um, and um, you know, there's, so there's opportunities there that we, we try to do and, and consider. Um, recreation service delivery and infrastructure, so that's really um, the Peace Regional Recreation Center that we're still um, working in, and we'll get that done next year. And then the last one is very important to me, which is build capacity um, for operating capital programs within the budget, so here's as I said before, there's, there's limited funding opportunities from other sources of government at this point, so unfortunately more of the onus on that. Um, 
those tend to fall on us, so we need to be able to put that capacity into the budget um, and effectively um, use those funds in the most efficient way we can to create good services for residents. Um, the budget document itself, like I said, a lot of text in there. It's basically broken down into four sections, which is a brief introduction, um, an overview which talks about the process, um, our fiscal guidelines and other um, rationale for budgeting and, and those types of things. There's the budget details, which are the departmental budgets, and again, broken down by, by business segment. Um, and then the capital budget, which shows the capital improvement plan, um, budget items, description of projects, and, and that information. Any questions on this so far? Just one. That's sort of facetious thing, but I, the more I look at it, I think it might be something worth spending a few minutes on. Would all of those buildings sell the same? Yes. They're all the same size. That, that was an aesthetic choice. Um, but if a person's skimming through a couple of these things, if a person's skimming through to look where their money is spent, yep. it could have some information in it that's not there. Just a, yep. not a big deal, but no, and, and I understand that there was there's a couple sections where they're just one or two percent, and you could barely see um, what the portion was. So um, I made the decision to leave them all the same, but people refer to the percentage. Oh, because the one percent, yeah, I'm looking at the one point one, and I'm not. Well, that looks pretty. Good. No, I know they're all around. <laughs> so that's what he's referring to. <laughs> That's an update. That, that's easy to do. I, I will go and look at that. So I was just saying, they don't have to say that they're quickly spending through city. Where the big chunks are? Yeah. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's an easy one to do. Um, so, in terms of the operating budget, um, and this will be a really quick summary. Um, so the proposed operating budget includes expenditures of $22.25 million, which is um, a million more, and this is a proposed budget, um, than the expenses of last year. Um, when I talk about this, sometimes I'm going to break it down into two distinct budgets, because there's the operating budget for the general operations of the town, and then there's the water and wastewater budget, which revenues um, Different revenue stream may come from from water rates and, and they're achieved through through water billings. So the um, net expenditures are three hundred and fifty three uh, seven ten increase. Something we've done this year and we will continue to do um, that hadn't been done before. It wasn't done last year. Is we showed the requisitions and then the uh, contribution that are that are done for North Peace Housing. That's 423,000, I believe, or, or something like that. Um, so that million dollar increase, there's there's um, that requisition that, that's in there. So um, if you back that out, our organizational increase is closer to $600,000. Um, still significant, but um, you know, based, based on the increases, and I believe that's only a, a three, 
50% increase. Um, did, you, I, did you just say in layman's terms that the 1.1 million dollar increase includes 600,000 or 500,000 or more 2,000 residents? Um, 423,000. Okay. So the difference, the 600,000 is our town. So have we always included the Northeast requisition as? So we don't technically we just collect it for them, right? We do. But we're now budgeting for it as a show or as a flow through. Again, it just shows our, our total financial position a bit more accurately. It's not too much. It is. Yeah, the, the number that goes in is identical to the number that goes out from a budgeting perspective. Um, so that's not a, a a true town expense, but it is something that we do do account for and we, we are budgeting for. We do that for sewer tax also. We, we didn't include it for this budget, but we will in future budgets. We are still compiling the proper information and then we're another time to do that. But and that is our intention to show every penny that goes to our organization, um, we do intend to properly budget for it because we do account for it, so we, we should budget for it also. Um, so um, we've discussed before. So what's the advantage of doing that? It, it shows the total you know, position. Um, and when you talk about other things, so I'm, I'm not positive how the, the province calculates its debt um, maximums. I don't know if it backs out those numbers when it does that calculation, but um, if it doesn't, then that would change our, our debt ceiling and debt limits. So we make a big effort on the campaign trail to tell the taxpayer at the door, take up only 33% of that check that you sign over to us in June is account expenses and now we're, we're going to put that we're going to put that at 30%. It just looks like a bigger... So we're, we're going to basically say that that's part of our financial picture? Yes. That's the intention because it is. If you look at our actuals, those are monies that we collect for other organizations that we then disperse on their behalf. It doesn't necessarily change the net position of the town. Well, it doesn't change the net position. It, it does it because it's it's a true in the net. Right, true in the net. But I think I sort of understand that in one case you're saying we have it. In one case you're saying we have a million dollar increase or whatever, but it's really not a million dollar increase from us. That, that's correct. So when I talk about communication efforts, that's the type of thing that will be emphasized very strongly because we want our residents to know that the increase is not of all of our own doing. There's other factors in play um, and we'll really parse out what the real town increase is versus um, these other influences that, that would increase that. So you're, so you're essentially including it and then you're going to have a whole program to explain it. 
if we need to. You know, I, I think well, you just said to allow the whole community. There'll, there'll, there'll be some people who are, are interested and ask questions about it, but I think fundamentally everyone will understand it. And again, yeah, I think fundamentally people will go, $1.1 million, you've increased my property tax. What am I getting for it? Well, that's why the, the second number on that slide is the most important one. The net operating costs of the town, once you factor in the revenues that come into play. Um, yeah, from communication point of view, it doesn't look like the most important thing. It looks like it's a secondary item to the first section. Well, we'll make sure that we emphasize. Okay. Yeah. Your Worship, I, when I'm looking at this, um, I do appreciate that there's a lot more text than numbers. Thank you very much. But uh, I, I think it's important for us to emphasize that we've changed the way we're reporting our budget we've made some changes we've won an award on it so we've obviously made some good changes and and yeah we didn't have this change when we won the award pardon me we didn't have this change when we won the award this what? this is a new change right that's right so it makes it look like we're we're the guys that are responsible for hosting the this, this, this is a best practice effort that should have been done decades ago. But part of, part of your 2000 discussion said municipalities don't pay taxes to make the economy. The assessment's identical throughout the whole region. There's no, there's no differential tax rate depending on a region. So the argument of North Peace Housing is North Peace Housing is the taxing authority. We don't, Peace River doesn't pay the bill because the bill is not Peace River to pay. The bill is Collins to pay, mine to pay, Tom's to pay. And that's the piece, that's the North Peace Housing because we don't care about borders. The borders are irrelevant to North Peace Housing other than the province said, you'll collect it on our behalf, but you don't pay it as your bill. It's you collect Joanna Downing's money and give it to North Peace Housing. So to that extent, I understand, I think Tom is somewhat correct, is that North Peace Housing doesn't create a piece of this check to a bill to us. And it's not really an expense of the town. That's, there's no way of making that clear. I understand what you're saying on the bookkeeping side of it, but, the, but those two fundamental messages aren't really clear. I hear what I, I hear you, Councillor Good, with what with what regards to what you're saying to North Peace Housing's philosophy. But if money's coming into the town and money's leaving the town, it needs to be accounted for, and I think it hasn't been being accounted for because of the political hot potato. Well, it's, it's it's accounted well, for. The auditor accounts for it. Right. But this is a document that is meant to communicate a layman's terms what's happening with the, their property tax now and where that goes and we we've had an effort over the last seven years if not longer than that the, the municipal taxpayer needs to understand that 
we collect the school school taxes, but it goes. We just want to let. We just have to be the messenger, <coughs> and we don't like being shot every June or May or whatever it is you, you ask us to write the check. Uh, I don't. And, and you just told me that, yeah, this is best practice. We, we didn't need to do 1.1. But the most important thing is the proposed net operating expense is only $353,000. But you make it a second, you make it a secondary item. Of the, the main line is, is 1.1. Like everywhere could do that now, right? But you know, and, and you yourself said, yeah, I'm going to introduce this, but I'm going to have, I'm going to build a whole communications piece around this. So you're making it more. You just told me you're making it more complicated because you're going to have to do more work. Actually, I'm going to have to do more work because <laughs> the buck ends up stopping at my desk, not yours. But anyhow, carry on. So to carry on, um, so staff are proposing a 3% <coughs> increase in, in taxation revenues for the upcoming year to cover the anticipated expenses. Um, since there was no increase in taxation revenue last year, council froze that or, or kept the amount flat. It does work out to an annualized increase of 1.49% over the last two years. So you know, that's something you should be proud of. And, you know, when you look at the, the increase over a two-year period, um, you know, it's it's very small and manageable. Can I ask a question? Yes. Sort of related to the last one. Does that 3% include the 600000 or the 400000 No. It's independent. Okay. The increase wouldn't change that percentage because it's a big so this is just for town type activities. Okay. Just the municipal portion. That's correct. So the last thing I, I just wanted to emphasize so, here in my So so could you say uh, so could you work the numbers to say works out to an annualized increase of zero point zero five percent over the last twenty years? I could choose any time frame and, and figure out where I it's most advantageous. Yeah, to me it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if the public will look at that as. Yeah, I don't know if they'll, they'll just see that as being yeah. No, they No, people don't like to pay more tax. Right. And they'll but just what see I'm any increases. Oh, there's soft selling. Anyhow. So, um, the final piece is, and this is on the consolidated budget summary, which is on page 20, um, and we'll get into this in more, more detail. Um, the increase does include potential um, service level initiatives or new services for council to discuss um, of over $100,000. So, you know, those those do include new services and those are the items that we'll, we'll deliberate on 
into greater detail and see if council is interested in changing um, those, those new services, increasing services, changing services. Um, again, just referring back to that. So the proposed base budget, and that's announced needed for maintaining existing services. They technically show a budget deficit of 254,000 change. Um, the taxation revenue increase of 3% brings in $302,000 of revenues. Um, so that really creates a budget uh, surplus at that point of $40,050. And again, that's, that's the monies that council has to uh, consider or discuss new initiatives. And then anything above and beyond that would require changes to the amount of tax revenues. For those two metrics, for those two diagrams, um, so I'm sort of going back to the same thing that you talked about. It's not the same other entities, is that basically school and the DHL? Yes. Could you not say revenues collected for school, for education, and in DHL? And just use that and then put. Um, yep. Transfers and then put. Um, well, I'm not sure if the term transfers means, but it's something about going to school and it's that, that way it does explain it right there and there. We could absolutely show it as, as going to those organizations, so it's really clear. And again, from the budgeting perspective, yeah, so that, that makes sense. Right, yeah, because that way I, I don't have a problem because it tells you after that it's MPH and then education tax. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm happier with that. Um, and like I said, we'll get into this in more detail and there'll be more information brought forward to the council on the position and, and where we're going to, uh, where deliberations are going, we're going to. Um, in terms of the water and wastewater rate, though, there are some significant challenges here that we need to discuss. Um, this is something that staff has spent a lot of time to to try to um, manage, and the pressures are really on the capital side. Um, more information will be provided around this, but the staff are proposing a rate increase of 7.36%, um, which is 34 cents on the existing rate, which is almost entirely needed for capital work in the short term and long term. There's over five million dollars of proposed projects for 2018 and 16 million over the entirety of the five-year plan so as i said we will talk about those the engineer and, and myself and the CAO will, will present those projects um, the need for them and, and uh, the challenges around them in terms of uh, funding and, and other items um, something there I did put as a note, and this is sort of a good news item. Um, consumption has returned towards a normal level. If you remember last year, for those of you who were here, uh, consumption was down about 9, 9.6%. Um, that has increased, so we're still a couple percent lower than we were, but it's, it's back towards a normalized amount. Um, that occurred in 2017, so we're, we're doing um, that type of, of um, expected to be at that level for 2018 also. Around is $4.96 compared to the Corpus 
others for appointing members designated for the AP. I will have to refer that for you and I will have that information uh, at the next meeting. I think the Corpus report would suggest that the residential rate applied to just a cubic meter of water that incorporates water and wastewater is over five dollars. And that also include the minimum five cube. Uh, yeah, when they, when they have a total of a bond. And then you, can, you need to divide it by the 21 cubes that they base it on. So the other part of that is how much are we charging for the Shaftesbury water co op? that line that goes down there and turns per cubic meter of water. My recollection is we gave them a discount because they they don't get wastewater services for that. If they do pay a lower rate, I'm not sure what the rationale is. Well, that's the rationale. So we should be bumping their rate up to whatever it is, $4.96 and just tell them that's the rate we charge per cubic meter of water and if you're really complaining about that you don't have wastewater services put a line in and we'll do our wastewater treatment plant and we'll treat your waste for free because this because we uh we treat our uh the guys down in rose Rosedale, we don't give them a discount for uh, having septic tank system. There is another argument uh, that doesn't include sewer, and it's the ownership of the distribution system. So if the co-op owns the distribution system and they're responsible for the maintenance of that, then that's a cost that um, they would absorb and we would strip out of our rates. Okay, think ahead to uh, the County of Northern Lights saying that they we have an agreement with them to supply water at the same rate we charge our residents. So I think we need to take that and they're going to put in their own distribution system. So we, we could be consistent, absolutely. Not that that makes, not that that generates a jackpot. It doesn't, I believe their revenues or um, charges are. And what is the rate now for, um, you won't have this off the top of your head, bulk water rate? I'd have to refer to the bar law, I believe it's, I think it's eight or $4.80 some cents. I think it's a little bit higher than the existing rate. Certainly for this go around, you're not thinking about a base. We've talked about this a lot at the staff level. Um, 
our position in my position a lot of ways is that could be dealt with after the budget right um, you know for for budget purposes we need to generate a certain amount of revenues uh, changes to rate is how you achieve those revenues doesn't necessarily change them so it doesn't have to happen during budget deliberations but we're also getting kind of painted into a corner to the point though we need to charge per cubic meter of water and there's lots of rationale for that rather than put a wastewater rate or even a, a base rate in there's an expectation that we'll finance the connection to to the distance of that water and okay. Those, that cost to the Dixonville water line, that's not built into any of the 16 million or the 5 million or anything? It isn't. We, again, we discussed that at a staff level. We weren't, we didn't have enough certainty about those costs to include them in the capital budget at this time. And we were very wary about showing numbers that would not be accurate for a couple of reasons. So um, as that becomes a bit more known, information is brought forward to council about um, the approval funding construction of, of any of that type of work so so when when are they expecting to start construction and finish construction of that Dixonville water start this summer and end next summer or what so we're looking at anything like construction uh, starting this summer expectation of a certain degree of contribution from us from our capital fund which you have built in. Okay. So in terms of, of next steps, um, this is a, a process will take us a month or, or perhaps longer. Um, so take the budget document and give it a good read. You know, understand it. And if you have any questions, you know, please get in touch. As I mentioned, it will be distributed to the public, and we will strive to to make it available. And, and but you already have it on the website. It is. Yep. So again, you know, we'll we'll make sure that it hits our Facebook page. We'll, you know, I'm sure it's Twitter and whatnot by now. So. So the three percent increase does that. Does that include these these initiatives like increasing the taxi pass program? Uh, all those potentially the way that the budget is structured right now. Um, what page is the initiative? So proposed initiatives are on page twenty-two. Including the increase in taxation revenue, which I've shown as an initiative, um, but it's really just there as a placeholder. There's $95,000 of new initiatives. Um, the budget surplus at this point, like I said, is about 
So as soon as council spends or approves more than $48,000 in new initiatives, that 3% tax rate increase would probably have to go up to 3.1, 3.2%, again, depending on how many approvals council makes. Alternatively, if council doesn't approve any new initiatives, then we could actually decrease that tax rate from 3% down to 3.5 or 2.6%. Um, so again, there's, there's that little buffer cushion there um, for these items. Um, but those are the those are the staff proposed initiatives, and if any other initiatives come up during discussions or deliberations, then, then we'll figure out a mechanism to be able to talk about those and, and garner council's uh, interest in them. Can you just say that again for my clarification? Okay. Um. So the, the, the really short answer is once you include the 3% revenue, tax revenue increase, there's a budget surplus of $48,000. So council could approve $48,000 worth of new initiatives or programs um, before there's any, any tax rate, tax revenue in, uh, impacts. As soon as you go over the 40000 so let's say council wants to do $70,000 worth of new initiatives, um, then they'd have to increase the tax revenue. Um, and it actually works out pretty close where um, one-tenth of a percent generates about $10,000. So if council spends 70, wants to spend $70,000 in new initiatives, um, 70 minus 40 is 22000 so you'd have to increase tax revenues by 3.2% instead of three percent alternatively if you don't spend fifty thousand let's say you only do twenty thousand dollars of new initiatives you're saving thirty thousand dollars and then tax revenue increase would only have to be two point seven percent so Tara, we have the standing uh the initiatives are ninety five thousand dollars and that leaves us roughly forty thousand dollars worth that's correct if council wanted to implement all these initiatives and again you know these are just staff proposed ones we don't necessarily have an opinion on them that's for council to deliberate um, but yes if they wanted to implement all these then um, our tax revenue would have to increase closer so to the factor 3.4 percent 3.4. So again, um, the, the budget and the deliberations will be broken down um, as best we can into uh, decision packages. Um, Council will receive a, a binder that has supplementary information. Uh, there was one last year, will be one this year, which will have additional budget um, items, anything that Council asks for. So last year, this information Council requested, what are water rates from our comparables? So we got that, and that was given to Council as part of deliberations. Um, so information, supplementary information will be provided um, as we go forward through this. Um, but there's the, the approval of, of the base budget, um, approvals of water and wastewater rates, uh, approval of the capital budget, and then approval of service level initiatives. And what happens once you've approved those four decision packages, um, your deliberations tend to be over, you will know how much tax revenue you need to achieve, um, and then <coughs> the tax rate bylaws introduced, we will know where the rate 
terms of, but again, if we talk about it in terms of tax revenues, and we say we need 3% more tax revenues than we did last year, we know that typically people in town will pay 3% more on their tax bill. Individually, some may pay 2%, some may pay 3.5%, but you know, if you look at the organization or the, um, the town as a whole, it's just that, that 3% increase or whatever increase um, council decides um, it needs for those programs. When are you anticipating knowing about assessment reality? Um, I, I haven't talked to the assessor this year. When I, when I talked to him last year, um, he was indicating that we're, assessments are pegged to go down a couple percent, um, probably 2% for, for the upcoming year. So again, you know, we had the problem, the similar problem last year. Um, so as an example, and don't hold this to me, but fundamentally it makes sense. If assessments go down 2%, then the tax rate has to go up like 5% to achieve a 3% tax revenue increase. So, you know, we're gonna to try to not focus on the actual rate itself, but talk about tax bill burden, which is what we did last year. Because assessments went down by 9.6%, the tax rate went up by 9.6% and you achieved the same revenues. This year we need to achieve more revenues we aren't able to. We had some advantages last year. We had additional revenues that came in that benefited the town. The airport's a big one. The municipal funding we got for the airport um, you know, was a big benefit to us and that was one of the reasons why we were able to keep tax revenues flat. Um, there, there's no advantages like that this year. Unless we come up with something in the next couple of weeks. Um, that's that's a very true. Yeah. Leave that to me. <laughs> we, had, we had a plan on Sunday. Remember a revenue making stream. So we're going to start our own um, utilities corporation. Oh. Remember, we're going to email Greg and ask him to put on his other hat. <laughs> is that is there was something that came up about some of our municipalities that have their own utility. And I was like, what? Wait a minute, there's lots of power in this. So I was a treasurer for a electric utility back in Nova Scotia. So you could wear a third hat, is it, what you're saying? It is a crazy and fascinating field. <laughs> it sounds like it. It, it is, no, it, it's the electricity, it's, well, and, and just the industry itself, it, it's really, it, it's crazy. In Nova Scotia, we fought with one electrical provider, Nova Scotia Power, which has a lot of power. I don't think here, uh, like there is only one here, conditions are a little different, but um, yeah, I mean, if it's run well and you know what you're doing, it's, it's a huge opportunity, but to get to that level, that's a huge thing. There's a lot of power maintenance used in that is not being utilized. Okay. Yeah, but we don't own it. Yeah, we need to own something. Mm -hmm. Is that an idea? <laughs> a dam. What's that? A dam. Yes. Site no. D dam. So we do have budgets um, meetings scheduled over the next four weeks. So today um, we're going to stop talking about budgets in about a minute. Um, but we will come back and start deliberations next week. 
Um, we've identified budgets to be on the agenda for the upcoming uh, three meetings after this, and there might be more as required. Um, the decision will be made, I assume, on the 29th, depending on where we are in the process, if we want to hold special budget meetings or or just have them take place. Um, other regular council meetings that take maybe an hour or some time of, of each meeting before we get this accomplished. Um, okay, so we're having next week is a special <coughs> meeting. It is. And then you're saying at the council meeting on the 22nd, we would talk budget as well. Yep. And then the 29th would be something budget. Yeah, when that's it. <laughs> so that's why you need to come up with an additional revenue stream yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, just just a question. Maybe I could ask it to our, our gentleman going to visit us from Grand Prairie. Is that covered? Oh, okay. But getting into that peace officer discussion, if we have a full time peace officer that takes takes away or relieves the work of one officer eight hours a day from doing traffic enforcement within the town, so. If we can have that officer do the the criminal stuff like the drugs and, and all of that stuff now there is a component in the traffic act that if our peace officer writes a citation there's more of a percentage of revenue that comes back to the town through that citation than if the rcmp wrote it if i'm correct in saying that it's, it's basically the same because we pay for RCMP services. Whereas if you were out in the county and don't pay for RCMP services, it's the same. But I, I'm not positive, but I thought it was the same because we pay for the services. Okay, so being a bylaw or being a peace officer um, cannot do criminal. They cannot do criminal. So, for instance, they can hold somebody on, on an impair or something like that. But how about, and this is where I don't have the information, but what about any uh, fines imposed by the courts or anything like that <coughs> dealing with criminal other than just traffic? Like the drunken disorders? Does, is there a revenue, is there a revenue, revenue benefit for the town there? So if you're, if it's, if we have, if our peace officers doing some of those RCMP duties and we specifically have an RCMP member directly dealing with the drugs and domestic violence and any citations come out of that, does, a, does the town get a revenue off of that? Um, again, the domestic violence, you can't deal with that one, so he has to call to the RCMP because that's a criminal thing. Uh, drugs, uh, he can't do that, he can just do traffic stops, anything related to the traffic itself, but the drugs again, is he has to call for here yeah no no i do realize that but let's say well i'm just saying if we have if we have a full-time peace officer doing the traffic stuff which relieves an rcmp member from doing that eight hours a day five days a week and we dedicate an officer to do that criminal stuff within the town limits and if there's citations written there, would, would the town benefit from the revenues from those citations like they do in traffic? I think they get that anyway, but I will confirm later. 
There's a lot of fines you don't know until the, the, the person goes to court. There's a major bust in town. Yeah. So, am I finished? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. So, we are receiving input. So, any, any input that comes into the town hall, we will ensure that it makes it to. To all councilors. Um, yeah, you skipped over fiscal sustainability pretty quickly. I did because I preached that, mm -hmm. and it's it's important, but it's uh, also a bit of a catchphrase that people are probably tiring of hearing. Um, but it is important because we right now are challenged to be fiscally sustainable, um, and those challenges are real and not going away. So. Concern for the town, I would say. I don't mind it. Have we checked? I see there's electrical vehicle charges. Are, are we checking into any grants that may or may not exist? Yeah. yeah, for, for these types of programs, and this is something I'm also well familiar with, um, there's organizations who will um, uh, work with you. Um, there's options around that. Something like that, there's a significant cost just to get them physically hooked up. You know, maybe um, ACO could be a partner for something like that, and initially it's just the connection charges. So so we would look at, at doing some type of um, partnership on or, or finding some type of grants for that. You have recreation, you have arena, and you have Peace Regional Pool. So, uh, so there isn't one, and Peace Parks and Outdoor Facilities. So it's, there isn't one pie for Parks and Rec. Are you looking at the... So if we added all those numbers together, you get 2.4% for Rec, you got 2.9 for arena, you got 5% for pool, you got 4.1 for parks and outdoor facilities. If you were to add all those together, what what would the mill rate be? I'm from about 46 to 48. Right now. Yeah, no, that'd be about one, just under one eighth of the existing rate. And the existing rate is what, eight? Uh, eight point eight. So, so it'd, it'd be, be about one point one mil. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's about right. So, in your when you're thinking about value in terms of rate. So that's, I'm actually going to back up because that's not um, correct. So these charts, they show the expense, the portion of the expense on the town. Mm -hmm. Those uh, facilities generate um, significant revenue. 
especially compared to to other you know, type organizations. So if you look at at the bottom of each individual area, the tax levy requirement line is 1.2 million for Zena, mm -hmm. 553,000 for the pool, and 677. So that's about 2.4, 2.5 million dollars total for recreation services. So we have to confirm with those numbers would go up against, but it should be the net expenditures. So 2.4, 12 million, about a fifth. So there about a, recreation services takes up about a fifth of the, of the tax of the number. Is it 8.8? .8? I think so. That's somewhere around there. So 1.9. One, one point nine. Okay. So uh, we were to get every municipality to keep in 1.9 million and put it all towards the recreational mission. In the whole region. Probably, and that would include planning and green shops. You think they could run that for commercial infrastructure? Other facilities? Are we talking and was that what you were thinking of in terms of value? The approach for, what do you call it? ICS? ICS. Um, no, that, that, that is not what I was thinking for. Because okay. then you get into discussions about what you would tax, would it be residential and commercial, would it be all types, because the argument could be well industrial, taxpayers don't pay for recreation services, and then you get into all that, right, so that's... Well, I have no for that. Yeah. Okay. So, thanks for your time. I, Look forward to working with council and uh, have a constructive budget process and, and a good outcome for everybody. So, you mentioned that it was going to be subdivided into four sections or something like that. What's your hope for the? What will what will be the first ones? I guess. Um, or are we going to go all the way? No. So. But the process that I've seen that usually is the most successful is is what I have listed there. So the base budget approval will, will be done first. And that's usually straightforward. Those are stuff like salaries, vehicle costs, electricity costs, communications. You know, there, there's not a whole bunch to, to really discuss there. They're, they're known fixed amounts. Um, and once those are approved, um, I would recommend that we move off and, and try to deal with the water rates. Um, I know that would be a contentious discussion, but I, um, that, that's kind of its own little, little package and envelope. Um, and then from there, I would propose dealing with the capital budget, and then once that's approved and council's okay with that, move on to service level initiatives. 
in one level of services in one change. Um, last year, this took us five meetings, if I remember correctly. Um, so I expect this year will be something similar. Um, I don't think this budget in, in and of itself is any easier or more difficult. It's different, but you know, there's there's nothing here that's a big impact item that would, would really stall council. Um, I know, again, the water rates will, will be a considerable discussion point, but I think in terms of the, the operating um, expense changes to the operating or the, the general fund, the tax rates, you know, that's kind of in line with like inflationary items are, so I don't think there's anything too contentious there. So, like I said, I would expect four or five meetings depending on how much time council wants or discussing some of these. Okay, so that's distribution. Uh, it's a motion to accept the proposed 2018 operating capital budget for information. Mr. Scanlon, all in favor? Is this considered draft? Yes. Proposed. So proposed is part of that motion, maybe? Yeah, part of that. My big joke is it's out of date as soon as I print it. Because there's always one thing that changes it. And, and there is, there's discussions about certain things that, you know, we're still gathering information. Literally at three o'clock, I walked into his office and said, "Oh, guess what? I sent them away." I yeah, <laughs> but I said, "You know, it changed already. You know, and it's just one of our municipal partners, right? Uh, this way or this way? <laughs> How does it go?" This is just sort of separate, but just an idea. We, we looked at it to a large extent, we budget on the street street. To a large scale, we budget on a street stream. We budget on what's tropical there, or we think is tropical there. We figure out what we can get there, and then we make a budget based on that. Rather than making a budget based on what we what would we do if we reasonably could, right? What do we think a town service should look like? And I'm not talking about optimal pie in the sky, but what a town service or a town facility would look like under what we would see reasonable circumstances. A fair question or concept because if um, I'm just thinking if you're going through discussions about anything with anybody about where who our town needs are you base them on the fact that you know my kids could get by with 500 calories a day and grow with a little bit of ice water once in a while and they probably wouldn't mind a bit dirty water once in a while because of help their immune system um, or you uh, just a thought it's just yeah no I, I I have kind of thought about it also I have not done that work it's it's very subjective yeah there's a bunch of things a lot of factors to consider this building for example you know this building is not optimal it serves our purpose we get by but there's significant issues with this building mostly around accessibility for one i mean it's you know there's there's, there's many issues there so ideally we would be in a different facility that served the public better had meeting spaces for the for the public to use you know maybe 
something latched onto it and, and just a, a better public type building, but we, we aren't able to do that. And that's just one example of probably a thousand that you have to consider for that type of work. So. Yeah, it just, it just came to a certain Okay. Yeah. And it would be very subjective, I think, to try to do that. Yeah, I think the uh, town hall would probably be scheduled for the advice of the and that corporate history about bicentennial, we're leaving that with you, Kenya. <laughs> Okay, so next item is reports. Uh, we have the minutes, albeit in draft, from MF, MMSA organizational and board meetings. And I believe Elaine Manzer is our representative on MMSA. Are there any items on those minutes that you want to highlight? No, other than High Prairie is joining the group for the last two years of everybody's current contract time period. So, add one sort of thing. So, High Prairie is now part of the MMSA, and they weren't before. They they did some projects, but now they've actually they're actually under contract for um, the remaining two years. information items there is a letter from December 20th 2017 on the fire services agreement is there anything you want to highlight there this this is from the county of northern lights is there anything there you want to highlight no it's just they're uh, extending the uh, current contract till the end of the year till we uh, get our fire services contract uh, uh, finished off uh, the Mighty Peace Watershed Alliance has put out their January newsletter. Uh, I see that they have three full, is it three full-time staff. They have an outreach coordinator now. Where are they getting all that funding from? Well, they have that staff right now, probably until the end of April or so when the grant runs out, and then the money doesn't come until August, so people's times are cut during that time. And the annual, the annual meeting is when? Likely to be at the end of May. And where will that be held? I don't know for sure, but I'm aiming for peace service. Okay. Um, the other thing that's happening in June, June 20th, 21st, um, there is an annual sort of conference of all the watersheds, and it's going to be held in peace service. So we might be asked to <coughs> host some of the cause. So the Mighty Peace uh, Tourism Association going to highlight this on their website? Might have to tell them about it. Okay, uh, there's a letter of, 
Well, it's really an invitation to the RCMP regimental ball. So, uh, uh, and that one is to be held here in Peace River, and that will be uh, at the Chateau Nova. So, uh, so are we going to? Uh, well, you didn't ask for a request for decision on this. Are we going to enable people to know? That's up to council. Okay, are we enabling the members to go or council to go? Oh yeah, I guess. Are are they on their own? Probably good to have at least one representative there, I would think. Well, I'll probably be free February the tenth. I'm sure Mr. Ford wants to know. He'll probably pick a date, though. <laughs> <laughs> Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor to enable those council members in there that wish to attend the event on February the 10th to be enabled to do so. Okay. All in favor? And can I have a motion to accept items 10.1 and 10.2 for information? Sure. For it all there. Okay, we'll take, uh, oh yeah, this takes us to, uh, once again, I see an empty gallery, so I'm assuming there are no comments from the public uh, to be had. I will turn to our communications officer, Rodham Hume, and uh, what items do you think you need to be highlighted? Um, so, <laughs> obviously the uh, 99th Street slide and the operating capital budget, those will both go out as uh, both council news items, but also separate releases that are significant enough with uh, large public impact. Add the uh, Peace Regional Recreation Center update to it and probably some info on that request for direction of the Centennial Grant. Probably need a little more uh, like I thought that rec center recreational update was a, it's a bit on the thin side, isn't it? For a communications person, like, I, I'm looking at it and it's kind of uh, complete, not complete, and that's about it. There's a lot of technical language. Um, it'll be reworded for general consumption. And what, what did you say the other key one was? Uh, the 99th Street slide. Okay, and are we going to highlight the distribution distribution of the proposed budget? Or yep. yep. You've already done that, though. It's uh, online um, right now, so we'll just okay, so have it highlighted. It yeah. Least. Okay. Well, if the uh, if the press actually attended, uh, I'm sure they'd make hay out of a three percent increase <laughs> yourself lucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then I just explained that I'm spreading it out over not only this year but the last year not making it 1.5 <laughs> oh, so 1 you could spread it out over your eight-year term yeah exactly 
Might we also ask the radio station uh, if they would like to continue attending constant or or meetings, or is there something else we could do to entice them? Besides the free supper, I don't know. <laughs> they're currently hiring. So that's the same issue facing both agencies right now. They're both hiring. The Record Gazette has been hiring for the last six months. They've also had their wages frozen for eight years, so they're going to have a very hard time finding anybody. <laughs> Compassionate enough that I work here now. <laughs> okay, um, so. 